When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Thank you for tuning in to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please subscribe to our weekly Boston Bruins hockey talk on listening platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Stitcher Radio, and Spotify Podcasts. We'd certainly appreciate it if you give us show a five-star rating along with a written review. You can also subscribe to our official YouTube channel for a video version of our weekly program. If you'd like to support our show financially, please go to our blackandgoldhockey.com website and click on our affiliated fanatics banner before shopping online. Another way to financially support our weekly program is to become a Patreon member to be eligible for weekly Boston hockey prizes and monthly Boston Bruins hand-signed jersey giveaways. Please go to patreon.com slash podcast and donate just $1 per episode. Many thanks for the continued support and enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into episode 321 of the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. It's a pleasure to have you with us. Always a pleasure to have Mark Allred on board everything that is Black and Gold Hockey. I am your host, Steve Forney. And uh, something new and very, very exciting here at Black and Gold, this episode of the podcast is now brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. Uh, you can visit, uh, you can sign up at fanduel.com slash Boston, claim your $200 bonus and free bets. And uh, this is something that we are very excited about. Obviously, uh, uh, mobile betting went live uh, last week here in Massachusetts. Uh, as usual, it was late by the state, but better late than never. 
Um, and uh, I'm over one when it comes to betting, Mark. But uh, that's all right. That's that's the fun of it, I suppose. How are you, pal? How was your week? Uh, very good. And uh, and it really capped off with the the um, the signing of the deal with FanDuel um, on the CLNS Media Network. Uh, shout out to those guys for doing a fantastic job negotiating uh, contracts with all the tremendous shows on the network over there. Um, and and we got a new sponsor. And FanDuel is just one of the best, um, most trusted um, uh, sports books uh, in the world. And uh, we're very happy to have them aboard as our title sponsor moving forward. Um, I placed, uh, I think, 17 bets yesterday. We got a little crazy on my first day. And I won one. So basically, I won my money back. But you know, it's, it's nothing crazy. It's a lot of fun. And I'm super stoked that Massachusetts is finally on board um, with, uh, you know, the the neighboring New England states that were making millions and millions of dollars. And finally, Massachusetts stops dragging their feet and gets on board with with uh, opening up the sports books to fans like us and, and obviously FanDuel and other uh, tremendous uh, sports books out there. But we love FanDuel now and we're all about it. So please sign up for a free account and get your $200 uh, in, in bonus bucks at fanduel.com slash Boston. We'd certainly appreciate the support. And we're certainly not going to change what we do here on the show. However, we would like to uh, in the next couple of weeks or so, incorporate a little bit more of the gambling aspect uh, into our show. So I'm not sure if that, you know, we've been talking about it, Mark and I, and, and it, it may be something like we have on an expert, uh, somebody that knows a little bit more than you and I do. Uh, for a quick segment each week. Uh, maybe we put together a couple bets that we think look pretty good that will lay on you. And if you lose, uh, don't blame us. But, um, you know, we are going to sort of incorporate a little bit more of that into our show uh, moving forward. So keep your eye out for that. Yeah, yesterday I took over six and a half goals. I saw Magnus Helberg uh, starting goalie for Detroit. I thought for sure the Bruins could put up at least five or six on the board. Um, and boy, oh boy, but we'll talk about it, but that game was, uh, that game was a slog, man. Um, in that Detroit game. So we'll talk about that as well. Uh, the Bruins have uh, clinched a playoff spot fastest team to do it. We have an update on Taylor hall. We're going to talk a little bit about the pucks and paddles. It's just further proof. Hockey guys are the best. They're just the best athletes. Um, and shout out to the sports hub and and toucher and rich for putting that together. That just looked like such a kick-ass event. Um, and uh, your boy, Jacob Lauco, got called up as well. And we have a watch party that we got to talk about. So we got a, a full slate of stuff uh, on the agenda today, Mark. Um, but we will start with uh, Thursday's game against the Oilers. A rare loss, a loss in regulation, a loss at home, and a loss where you kept Connor McDavid, the best player on the planet, off the score sheet. What were some of your takeaways uh, from that one, Mark? Uh, a tough one to drop, obviously, at home in front of the, the, the fans and so on. And in and, and a team like Edmonton, which is it, it comes at you in layers with with um, tremendous amounts of offense. But, it, you know, I'm not frustrated about the loss. And, you know, I'm not it's not the doom and gloom um, over here. But what I, there was some good parts of that game. I mean, it was very playoff style game, I thought. Um, and the way the Boston Bruins pushed their uh, the Edmonton offense especially in the defensive zone pushed their offense to the boards and the outside it was I thought was tremendous play uh really held uh Connor McDavid to basically nothing they were on him like white on rice um just giving him a hard time and even the commentators and everything was saying that he was just he was acting out of frustration because he was just I mean he was he basically covered 
every time he steps on the ice and just but those types of players, those superstars in the in, in the National Hockey League tend to find ways to overcome some strong, uh, some hard times. And, and that's what Connor McDavid did. He really just turned it up uh, late in the game and overcome all the battles that Boston was giving him and ultimately giving him a better opportunity and his Edmonton Oilers team an opportunity for the two points. And, you know, I mean, it really sucks because it's, it is a trend. When the Boston Bruins have two, three, six, seven days off, 10 days, whatever, they tend to not come back, you know, like they were when they were playing every other day. It's, it's, it is a trend. It's, it, you call it a schedule loss if you want, but it was just, that's kind of the frustrating part about the whole thing, but still, um, you know, you drop the two points, but it's the next game that I always, I always say that, you know, gets you back on board. This team ter- uh, tends to uh, jump back on the horse after a tough loss. And, and we'll talk about that game shortly, but I mean, it, wasn't a, a bad game and so on. It wasn't like a blowout. It was really tight check game. And, and I thought it was okay, but you know, losing the two points, I suck. And obviously, you know, the 50th win of the season had to be pushed off till um, obviously Saturday against Detroit. Well, yeah, to piggyback on what you said, and I think if there's a positive to take away, um, it, it seems like with this team, you know, we always talk about having the shutdown pair and you put your best defensive players against their best offensive players. And it seemed to me some of the best plays that were made defensively in the zone on McDavid were Connor Clifton and Derek Forbert and Brandon Carlo. And it it wasn't this necessity of, well, you got to put McAvoy and Lindholm up against that line. Um, And I think that's going to be great come playoff time where you, you may not get the match matchups that you want in terms of, especially if you're on the road, getting your best defensive unit out against their best forwards. But knowing that those guys can play the scheme, I mean, like you said, it was a game plan, right? It was the game plan was um, push them wide, you know, don't fall for the body moves, don't fall for the moves, stay in your lane. Um, And I thought guys like Clifton and Forbert did a really nice job in their own zone doing that. And so understanding that this team can be more than just, you know, put out your top pairing because that's where the talent is. You have less talented players working the scheme and working it well. So I think that's, I think that's going to be great um, for the playoffs going forward. Um, And yeah, like you said, it was, it was just a, you know, we give them a hard time, but Edmonton's a, they're halfway decent team. I mean, if you let them hang around, you give them enough opportunities, especially on the power play, you know, if it's not McDavid, it'll be Zach Hyman or it'll be, you know, the, uh, uh, the other guy there, a dry side, a German. So, um, they have they got guys that can make plays, and uh, you know, I, I think in both of the last games, the Edmonton and the Detroit game, you know, hockey's such a, a an interesting sport to where some nights the passes are just an inch and a half off, the shots are just an inch and a half wide, and when it comes to a game of inches, um, I think that you know the, they just had one of those nights where the passes weren't crisp, they weren't on the tape, they were just an inch and a half off, and. That could be from too much rest. That could be from lack of rest. That could just be from a tough day or whatever it is. But those games are going to happen. So um, he said, certainly not the end of the world. If you're going to lose, lose to a team you're not familiar with that's not in your conference like Edmonton, um, you know, and and put your head down and come back at it a couple nights later. Which Yeah, um, the, the, the one – 
the one thing that's tough about it is, you know, the traditionally, not traditionally, but this season, the Boston Bruins have been a really impactful uh, third period team with a plus 48, I believe, is their, is their goal differential in, the, in that particular 20 minutes. Um, but, you know, I kind of thought that they would come back and, and be that type of, of team that they were uh, in previous games. But unfortunately, it is what it is. It's just which is one of those games that they just couldn't uh, get a get a grip on. I thought Jeremy Swayman was a uh, um, play. I was a little tough that game. You know, I mean, it gives up a, a tough one or two. Um, but um, what was it? Well, the other thing I wanted to say, I can't remember about that game. Yeah, the passes. Yeah, the passes. That that particular game, the passing was just like, oh, I was no tape to tape, no stretch passes, uh, not be able being able to create open ice for certain opportunities for you know breakouts and so on. It was it was tough to watch. It was it was almost like a team that was off for like ten days, just trying to get their bearing back and trying to feel out the other team and and, and expose a weakness. But ultimately, they they it, they got their uh, it turned on them. And I don't mean to keep bringing this up every week, but, um, and I'm echoing other people's sentiment. You got the best team in the planet against the best player on the planet. And it's a stream only thing. I got to get my stupid ass Roku ESPN plus nonsense. You can't even put it on regular TV. Um, just another whiff, I think by, by Bettman and by what, um, the higher ups are, are pushing to do. If you want to do that for Columbus against freaking Minnesota, go ahead. But to have this game be strictly stream only, um, and I don't know what it is when I watch the stream, it feels amateur. Like I, I love the AHL, but I feel like I'm watching a AHL TV. I feel like I'm watching the app. Um, I, I just, I, and I, I want to make sure people understand this just from a broadcasting perspective. Streaming is streaming is there so that you are forced to watch the commercials. That's what it's there for. I, I DVR the games. I get my kids down to bed about seven 45, eight o'clock at night. I start watching a seven o'clock game then. Goes to commercial, skip ahead two minutes, skip ahead two minutes. Intermission, skip ahead 18 minutes. I don't have to watch any of that. I don't have to watch the ads from Maine anymore, the Maine lottery ads. I don't have to watch them. <laughs> Streaming is the only thing that demands you are in your seat at the beginning of the, of the program and you sit through every single commercial. And I know that sounds so 90s. I complain about the, the kids nowadays don't know what it's like to have to sit down for your show at 7 o'clock. Commercial break, you have to pee and get more pizza bites in like two minutes and then be back in your seat when they come back for commercial. Right. That's sort of how we grew up. We're back to that oh, yeah. with the streaming. There's no more on demand. There's no more DVR. There's no more, none of that. You gotta be, you're a slave to the stream. And uh, I just, I thought that was a huge whiff. And I know the more national better this team is, the more national games are going to get. Um, oh, I just, I, I hated everything about that. So oh, again, yeah. I'm going to probably rant about it every time it happens. So sorry, but <laughs> uh, I just, I, I can't stand it. Um, it is frustrating. Uh, speaking of national TV, then uh, uh, yeah, uh, one o'clock game on Saturday against Detroit, a game that started off really poorly. And uh, I talk about momentum with power plays uh, and how uh, they can work both ways. When you're not playing well in the power play, it can be a huge push for the other team. And that game started off with a Bruins get an early power play. They give up a shorthanded goal. Uh, the ice just flipped. And then they were, they were chasing the game, uh, the whole game. And then, the second period against Detroit was one of the biggest onslaughts of a period I've ever seen. Holy smokes. But it was like 23 to five or something like that. They outshot them a ridiculous number. Uh, and then they come back and win uh, that game against Detroit. Um, after that second, you just felt it. It was only a matter of time. 
Um, what were some of your takeaways from that one, Mark? Uh, great to see the power play working. Obviously, uh, that's got to get better uh, as we get you know closer to the the postseason. A good power play is what can win uh, playoff games. Um, great to see uh, Hampus Lindholm. He, I thought he had a really strong game. He got uh, his eighth goal of the season. Patrice Bergeron uh, said power play goal. He gets his 24th. And um, Dimitri Orloff just continues to play well. And uh, shout out to uh, Garnet Hathaway for getting his first as a Bruin. Uh, way to be there. Crashed on the net for that second opportunity. Um, you know, I mean, just a, I thought it was a, a really piss poor effort to begin. Um, you know, almost like they were playing to like figure out what time, what, what type of team Detroit was. And then they turned it up. I have faith in, in this Boston Bruins team that when they go down early, that, you know, the coaching staff and, and the, uh, the leadership of this club the captain. get together. Yeah. yeah. You know, get together and, and start talking about what needs to be better, you know, and how to effectively use the ice out there. And I think that that's what happened in the Detroit game. I think that that was missed in the, um, in the Edmonton game. Uh, on Thursday, but uh, Saturday's effort against the Red Wings, I thought was uh, better towards the end. And obviously you get the two points, which is good. You, you know, you create that gap away from the uh, Carolina Hurricanes and the Metro who are, or getting closer and closer. I think they're at 94 and 96 points as we record today. Um, so, you know, e- each point or each two points is going to be so huge moving forward. Um and, you know, obviously you're going to start getting into situations where you're going to start resting people and you start using that load management effectiveness, um, and whether it starts now or the, or the last week of the season. But sooner or later, it's going to happen. Yeah, and just like we talked about the Edmonton game where the, the, the bottom pairing of defense played so well, it's amazing how well the fourth line played in that game uh, on Saturday. You could tell that the top couple lines were a little off and – you were able to throw out that, and I'm not a big AJ Greer guy, but you were able to throw out that Noshik Greer Hathaway line and just let them grind and let them work and and get in their face and get physical. Um, and it paid off with the Hathaway goal. But you know, it's very reminiscent of in 2011, where if the top two lines or top three lines just weren't in sync or they just weren't feeling it, you threw that that Thornton Campbell Pie line out there and they were so effective. And when you think back to the cups, the cup finals that year, they were starting games. They were starting periods. It was, it was the fourth line against the Sedins. And that to me was a huge reason to why they were, they were successful because by game six, or game seven, the Sedins are looking across going, Oh God, these guys again, Oh, I gotta go bang it short. Sean Thornton. And you know, I don't want to do that. Um, so having, Having that fourth line, and even the Frederick, uh, I just thought Trent Frederick had a great game. I assume he was playing third line with Coyle. Um, I thought those two had a great game as well. Um, so, it's again, it's nice that you can throw out that fourth line when you really need to. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I like we talked about in Edmonton where all the passes were a little off. I don't know if I've seen a game where they missed the net that many times. Is that Detroit game? just seemed like every shot was an inch and a half wide. Um, so again, maybe it's just one of those nights where you're just off by a fraction, you know? Um, so those, those shots, those rips from the point, um, even though, uh, Lindholm got one, that one that had eyes, man, what a great shot that was. But most of the shots, you got Primo guys in their spots, missing the net completely. And that seemed to me like it was just some days you're just off by a fraction. Yep. 
Absolutely. So um, um, also they got to be they they should be thanking their lucky stars because I I did not really I didn't really like that call on Dylan Larkin the the slashing uh, call that knocked Krejci's stick out of his hands. And then they score right away, and that was a huge, that was a two goal swing because that should have been another goal for Detroit. Instead, he goes to the box. They score on the power play, and now it's a ball game. Um, and I can't believe I'm saying this, but I tended to agree with Mark Messier on the broadcast where just because a guy is not holding his stick tight and you whack it out of his stick, I mean, where I come from, that's called a yard sale, not a penalty. So yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I don't, I, I don't, it's the rule I don't really like. Um, I, and I don't know if you caught that at intermission. Again, I talk about how I don't like to watch the intermission, but um, PK yeah. Subban was talking about how sometimes it's just the angle at which, like if, if you come from up here and you slam down, they're going to call it. But if you keep your stick low and you still use enough force, they're less likely to call it. So um, yeah. I thought that was, I thought that was kind of interesting. And again, I think the Bruins got kind of a, kind of a gift there. Uh, but that was a big swing in the game. I I am not a fan, Steve. I am not a fan of the of that rule that the um the stick is an extension of your hand. You know, it's 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 so stupid. You know, it's it's you know what what if you what if you go for the puck and you lift the stick up? Is that the same thing? And and the you know and the and the player loses a grip on it. It's just I don't know. It's it just paves the way for more penalties, more power plays, in my opinion. And and you know, as of that game against Detroit, it came back to bite us. This Boston Bruins team moving forward with 18 games to go in their in their regular season and the postseason need to be better um, in, at um, not getting penalties. You know, you have to play disciplined hockey. And if you can't win like that, so you can't put yourself in situations like that all the time. So, the, I mean, the, the penalty kill has been like the league's best throughout the season, but it still has to be better. Yep. Yeah. Agreed. So as you mentioned, 18 games left in the season, um, they hop on a flight, they lose an hour of sleep. They go to Detroit to play almost 24 hours later. Um, and then they, um, and then I, you know, gotta be honest, it, it gets a little tricky here. I mean, they're at Chicago, which Chicago's no good, but then you're at Winnipeg at Minnesota at Buffalo three, uh, two playoff teams in Buffalo, who is, you know, a pain in the ass. Um, Ottawa's a pain in the ass. So, you know, the next uh, two, four, six games um, take out Chicago are teams that are just kind of a pain in the ass or they're playoff teams. So um, this is sort of one of those stretches where you can't, you know, you can't be, you can't show up late for a game. You can't wait till it's 10 minutes into the first period to start playing kind of like they did against Detroit. So um, I think this would be a good test. I think this will be talking about games looking like playoff hockey. I feel like these are going to look, uh, like playoff hockey games, especially Detroit, Win- uh, Winnipeg, Minnesota, Buffalo. They're going to feel like playoff games. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm um, looking forward to it. I mean, starting today at uh, at one thirty against the Detroit Red Wings again, you know, back-to-back games against that team. Uh, hopefully they, the Bruins come out and played the Wings uh, on the road a lot better than they did at home. Um, you know, hopefully get a big game that I can bet on today on FanDuel, our new show sponsor. Shout out. FanDuel.com slash Boston. Uh, yeah. Sign up sign up today. Get your uh, $200 from free bets. We're going to be doing a lot of that today, up. I think. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so um, uh, I think we've talked on the show before about how I just we I just think hockey guys are the best. I've been around a lot of pro athletes. Hockey guys to me are the best. 
Um, we had a jersey raffle, a jersey auction last night in Springfield. The players come on the ice. We auction off their jerseys. They're just the nicest guys. The whole team is just freaking great. Um, and um, as we mentioned, shout out to 98.5 The Sports Hub for their Pucks and Paddles fundraiser. Looked like a great success, great time. Um, the event was to raise funds for the Massachusetts Special Olympics, which obviously is just such an important cause. Um, it was held at the House of Blues there in Boston, which is also a great place to see a show. Um, uh, but it just it looked like a great time, and it looks like the players, this is just one of those things that the players just love doing, love giving back to the community. Um, uh, just looked like a, a, an absolute home run. Yeah, absolutely. And they do this every year and it, it brings in a lot of great money for the uh for the tremendous folks at Special Olympics. Um our own Black and Gold Productions uh uh writer Daniel uh Du Bois was uh in the house covering the event. So and she posted a, a really good article about her experience there on the blackandgoldhockey.com website. Um yeah, I mean it just it just shows how how good these guys are. Uh, pro athletes um, just giving back to the community and doing what's best for fundraising efforts. And, and like you said, it, it looked like a tremendous time from all the, uh, the images, the tweets and, and stuff that I've seen online. So uh, another successful uh, fundraiser. And like I said, it's, it's a great cause. Mass, mass special Olympics is, uh, is something that I, I contribute to every year. I give about a hundred dollars every year um, and, you know, to other charities as well. So, um, but yeah, it's just a, a tremendous effort from the Boston Bruins team and, and just shows that these guys are real. They're not just, you know, pros on the ice, but they're also, uh, stellar, um, humans and, and, and do great things for the community. And, you know, and I know that it's not, I know that it's not 19, the seventies where Jerry Cheevers is, is fighting the entire Montreal Canadiens, but isn't it, isn't it always, uh, people say the game's soft now and it's definitely softer, I guess, but it's it just, when Mo, when Mo Sider gets a puck to the face and the, he go, and he lands on the ice in a, in a heap, isn't it nice that the first guy to check on him and make sure he's all right is Pasternak? Yeah, like, just they're, they're, I just think hockey guys are, are just so nice that they're they're they'll smack each other in the face and then uh, you know drop the gloves and beat the hell out of each other and then make sure the other guy's all right. You know how many fights end respectfully because one guy's going down and the other guy grabs his shirt to make sure he doesn't smash his head on the ice. It's just, it's those little things that just prove hockey guys are, are just the freaking best. How about last night? Uh, I guess um, the Providence Bruins game. I, I'm not sure what player it was. I want to say it might've been Jacob Lauco. I could be wrong, uh, but well, he fired was, he, a puck. I, I don't think he played. No, he it wasn't Lauco. Up, right? no, that's right. 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 Um, it was somebody else. I can't remember, but they shot the puck. As the puck was, uh, as the whistle was going, so technically it's a late shot, but he fired the puck as as the whistle went, and the goalie made the save, whatever. And then that player immediately went over and said, "Sorry for shooting that with the, when the whistle." You know what I mean? It's just kind of class, right there, to go over and say, I, "I'm sorry about that." Yeah, agreed, agreed. So uh, hockey guys are the best. Congratulations to the Toucher and Rich and everybody over there at the uh, Sports Hub. Um, and by the way, Rich is another great guy. I don't know if you got a chance to meet him, but Rich certainly great dude. Um, so, uh, yeah, an absolute home run there. Um, we have heard, uh, we talk about injuries here. We've heard some rumors about, uh, Taylor Hall. We've heard some things about Nick Felino as well. I know Emily Kaplan had an update on both players during the broadcast. Um, we did hear, um, head coach Jim Montgomery talk about it as well. Um, 
Hall looks like it's going to be a little bit longer for him than for Nick Felino. Could be back a little sooner. Um, so what do you what do you have for us, Mark, on ter- in terms of the injuries and and what this team's looking at going forward here? I know the uh, Globe Kevin Paul Dupont tweeted out something uh, earlier this week about Taylor Hall possibly getting back to practicing um, tomorrow uh, Monday and. Um, later on, Jim Montgomery was, uh, spoken to about that and, and he kind of alluded to, it's going to be a little longer for Taylor Hall than, than expected. Um, with the timeline still looks like it could be possible for the, the start of the playoffs. Um, and, uh, Nick Foligno, I'm not sh- too sure about, about when he's coming back as well. I didn't hear anything about an early, you know, arrival. Um, but the one thing that is stirring up some some conversation is are these two um obviously you know Nick Felino's in the boot and so on so you, know, you kind of like can can go with his injury but um are these two being held out for cap reasons and a lot of people are questioning that much like what what uh, Nikki what Kucherov did for the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning back in the day, and then all of a sudden got healthy enough to to join them for the playoffs. A little bit of a different situation in this one, but there are some questions out there. Are the Bruins doing this legally uh, under the cap compliant rules and blah, blah, blah. But regardless, um, I, I think that these two definitely need their rest. They shouldn't be uh, brought back any, any quicker than needed. Um, you know, if they're ready to go by the playoffs, and that's what should be done. I, I I absolutely would love to see Taylor Hall back on the lineup, but the team's doing good right now. It's not like we're in a, a, a really bad slide or a skid that would warrant him to come back even at 70%. Um, so I don't know. I, I'm kind of okay with them sitting out um, just because we're not really doing that bad. Yeah, it's – and that fourth line's cooking, you know, so that's nice. To, the, the the problem is, is I, I like having the depth – I think they made a lot of the moves they made so that they had more bodies and then they immediately lose two bodies. So it's, you know, they're going yep. with that fourth line because they don't have any other options. Right. I mean, yeah. now they have Lauco called up who can, you know, the break glass in case of emergency, but wouldn't it be nice to have at least one of those guys back to they're doing similarly to what they're doing on the defense where they can give a guy a night off every other night, you know, um, which by the way, I do like that rotation on defense. Like I said, I would do that till May. But uh, wouldn't that yep. be or, uh, wouldn't that be nice to see? Um, you could get some guys healthy, and now I don't think they have the the option. You know, if Marshan wanted a night off, uh, it's a lot harder to do now than if they had if they had a full slot. And I think people are only bringing up the the Kucherov thing because when the Kucherov thing was going on, nobody was more <laughs> pissy about it than Bruins fans. Mike from Woburn. Yeah. Nobody was more pissy about it than we were. So I think they're like, oh, look at look what you're doing now. So I think that's that's part of the reason yeah. why people are, are are coming back at it. But um no, I, I the only thing I remember Kaplan saying about Felino was that he might be available before the playoffs, whereas Hall's looking more like a mid playoff return. So um, Okay. In the meantime, they'll just probably keep slicing and dicing and keep it together and, and hope for the best and um, like you said, maybe we'll see some call-ups. I know uh, Vinny Letary's back for Providence, so maybe that allows for a couple of call-ups, like a McLaughlin or uh, you know a Johnny Beecher. Maybe a couple of these other guys can get into the lineup for a couple games and, and see what happens at the pro level. Um, Speaking I, of McLaughlin, 
Speaking of McLaughlin, did you see his bloody face last weekend? I did. Jeez, he he got into a scrap with somebody he shouldn't have fought. And, you know, kudos to him for, for having the brass balls to to stand up against a guy like that and, and not take any shit. But, man, did that thing get bloody. And when he got up off the ice, it was just a bloody – he was a mess, absolute yeah. mess. But great great to hear that he's back on the ice and doing, doing McLaughlin things. Uh, I believe he's still wearing the fishbowl as of right now, to protect uh, the scars in his face, basically. And also Vinny Letary coming back from a from a lower body injury uh, this weekend is, is huge for a, a struggling offense that Providence is going through uh, lately. You know, I would like to see uh, Mirkulov and, and Lysel and himself get back onto a line and, and be that number one offense of the, uh, of the Providence Bruins again. So we're going to need him coming down the stretch here. Yeah, it was. Uh, they they looked out of sorts on on Friday night. They played in Springfield. Um, they just looked a little bit out of sorts, sort of all over the place. I will say McLaughlin had quite the shiner. Oh man, it was like yeah. his whole eye just looked oh, yeah. uh, looked like a cartoon character. Um, but I I think a lot of that was from the visor. And I was talking to a, a guy, Hunter Skinner, uh, in Springfield, who hurt his hand in a fight. And I I just I I don't know if we can make the visors. Uh, like snap on snap off but like they force the guys to not take their helmets off in fights and then you throw a shot that hits the visor the visor slices the face slices the eyes slices the nose now not only are yep. you bloody as hell but now you're talking about eye injuries and stuff like that and uh, you know the visors are good for playing but they're not good at all for the fights um that's how you get yeah. broken hands so um i don't know i don't know if you can make them retractable you can pop them up like a motorcycle helmet i don't know what they they do but they got to figure out let's go <laughs> yeah that'd be great that'd be great they just each guy slides it yeah. up all right let's go let's go yeah, <laughs> it'd be fantastic um so uh, i don't know they got to figure something out but guys are getting their faces and their hands really messed up from the visors in these fights so absolutely um, Anyway, why don't we uh, – we're going to talk about Marshan here in a minute, some of the comments he made over the weekend. But uh, I do want to uh, touch on one more time on our brand-new sponsor uh, who we're thrilled to have here with us uh, is FanDuel.com. Make sure you go to FanDuel.com slash Boston. Mark, what do you have for us from them? Massachusetts, listen up. The wait is finally over. FanDuel, America's number one sports book, is now live in Massachusetts. And new customers in Mass can get in on the action with $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. When you place your first $5 bet, just sign up at FanDuel.com slash Boston. Finally, you can bet on all your favorite sports from the money line to point spreads to player props and more. I love the FanDuel mobile app for Boston Bruins game day action, plus other sports events like the upcoming PGA Tour Valspire Championship. So bet now on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Don't miss your chance to get $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. Visit FanDuel.com slash Boston and make every moment more on America's number one sportsbook. 21 plus and present in Massachusetts. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Hope is here. Gambling helpline ma.org or call 1-800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. All right, so again, uh, very happy to have FanDuel uh, with us in uh, fanduel.com slash Boston for everything you need. Um, we did have some interesting uh, some interesting cuts from Brad Marchand. 
Um, came out publicly mentioning that his hip isn't exactly 100%. Um, he did say that uh, he was glad he got the surgery when he did because it's going to sort of help with the longevity of his career. Um, I will say I don't think that he's been as sharp as he's been in the past, um, but Brad Marchand at 80%, 85 90% is still pretty damn good. Um, and he was really uh, – he was putting guys in the blender – in that game on Saturday against uh, Detroit. Um, I don't know. Is this something, Mark, that concerns you moving forward? Uh, 12 seasons for Marshand with at least 20 goals. Um, he's not exactly a, a young sprout anymore either. Um, so what are your thoughts on Marshand uh, with his injury and, and moving forward? I mean, the hip surgery was always something that was going to, we all knew it was going to take a long time to recover. Um, and if you look at some reports uh, online about hip surgery, uh, the recovery, if you're not doing anything, can take up to a whole year to get 100%. Obviously, Brad Marchand doesn't have a whole year to give. Um, so he's coming back, you know, less than 100%. But saying, but for him to come out and say something like that is, you know, it shows how much of a warrior he is and he wants to be on this team and so on. But it also just shows that, you know, maybe, I don't know. I hate, I hate saying this because I love what he's doing and so on, but maybe he came back a little too soon. Um, I don't know. Um, people are definitely going to argue with me on that and they have a valid point, but it also is a concern moving forward uh, when the games get heavier and grindier and so on. How is that all going to hold up for him? Hopefully it does, uh, you know, wonders. And he continues to, to be a, a valued asset on this team, uh, you know, especially to, towards the end of the regular season and going into, you know, a hopeful long playoff run. Uh, but I have faith that he'll do good and he'll battle through. I mean, he, he was a warrior who battled through the, um, the pain, uh, you know, before he had the surgery. So I believe he can still do it again now. But it's just... It's just something that, you know, sometimes has is on the back burner on, on people's minds. Like, you know, uh, how much more can you go through? Um, you know, are, are we going to be able to see him get some rest when we talk about load management and so on? So I kind of feel like everything's going to be OK. But it was just something that was I was um, kind of, you know, interested to talk about after I heard him come out and say that in the press conference. Yeah, I, I would be concerned. What, what I don't want to have happen, which we see with a lot of athletes, is like they have off-season surgery, and then the following off-season, they're having, you know, they got to go back in to take a chip out, or they got to go back in to stitch this, or, do, you know, you, you don't want to spend every off-season on the operating table, right? So, um, you know, the hope is, is that that's not necessarily going to be the case for him. Um you know, I don't know if it would have helped or I don't know if it was discussed, but I mean, he's played 56 games. Would we, would the team have been better off if that number was 46 games? And he, to this point, you know, every third game, he just didn't play or you get a back to back and he doesn't, you know, like if they came out today and said, um, you know, Marshan's not playing in the Sunday game against Detroit, I would say, well, that's fine. That's fine. Give him a night off. Right. I wouldn't, you know, there, there's no concern. There's no, what the hell are you doing? No, give him the day off, you know, make sure that he's, his body's ready to go. But um, yeah, my, my biggest concern is, is, is spending it all off season on the operating table every year to, to keep going in and, and fixing it. Hopefully that's not the case. Um, I, I don't think he came back too early, although I do like 
I do appreciate the Bruins. Um, they say in sales, you want to uh, under promise and over deliver, you know? So when you say, when a guy's scheduled to miss three weeks, you tell them that it's a month, you tell the folks that, you know, the fans, it's a month to a month and a half. And then when he comes back early, everybody's pumped. The Celtics do it the opposite. They say, well, he'll be out three weeks. And the guy's out for a month and a month and a half. And then the player looks <laughs> bad. The fans are pissed. The medical staff looks bad. Right. So the Bruins have always done a good job, especially this off season when they were so banged up to start the year, all the guys came back early. Right. So, um, you know, I don't think it's necessarily th- that he came back early. I just think it's one of those things that, I mean, these guys just beat the hell out of their hips. I mean, they just, Oh yeah. Especially a guy like Marchand, who's so small. He's got that low center of gravity. Um, he does so much of, uh, of twisting and turning and, and, you know, that just wears on your hips big time. So, um, you know, I don't know. I don't know how many more years he's got. If it's five seasons, great. Um, but I think he'll be all right. I just, like I said, I don't want him to be on the operating table all off season every year. So. No, I totally agree with that. Um, so I think, uh, I think that is about it for our injury talk. Um, the Bruins did call up, uh, Jacob Lauko for the upcoming road trip. As Mark said on Twitter, I think that's a really good idea just to have, again, have the extra bodies, give some guys a night off if they need him, or if something happens, you got the guy there all ready to go. Um, not, not only okay. that, not only that, Steve, but you can also, um, if, if what you saw in Greer, the last two games, wasn't appeasing you could also get uh get jacob lauco on that left wing on the fourth line and kind of mix out him or or if uh you know particularly in the back-to-back like if greer can't go today i mean that might be a spot for jacob lauco um and and particularly in the uh, upcoming road trip it's never bad to have an extra forward on the road so much like what chris chris wagner did when they did the uh the california road trip um so many weeks ago uh, never a bad idea to have that insurance policy with you. Um, but also, you know, he's been doing really well when he gets his uh, opportunities to play. So uh, it'd be a continued showcase for him as he's, you know, looking to, um, you know, resign a, an extension at the end of this season. So um, all good things, you know, and shout out to Jacob is my new best friend. <laughs> and I, and the nice thing about him too, is he he's kind of a plug and play guy. Like you could, he could play on the third line. Um, he can kill penalties for you. He he's a versatile yep. enough guy to where you, you it's not like you're like, well, we just got to throw this guy on the fourth line and hope for the best. Like he's he's better than that. So, um, yep. so that's what's a benefit of having a guy like him. He's been around now a couple of years. He's a big he's a big kid. Um, he's got some offensive hands. He's pretty fast. So uh, there's not a ton of holes in this game. He's not exactly you know he ain't Connor McDavid, but he's. Um, He's good enough to where you can plug and play him. So um, we'll see if they need him or if they they opt to go to him. I assume they'll still go with Greer today, just because he's played he played so well yesterday. Yeah. Um, um, so it's nice to have him on the trip. Um, I'm not going to bring this up now, but I I did notice in the agenda here yesterday. I I always remember it as 311 Day because uh, three three eleven Day is uh, the like the band 311 has grassroots. Um. Three years ago yesterday, uh, COVID shut everything down. It's a weird, weird thing. So I, I want to get into that, Mark, but I, I think maybe we'll save that um, uh, for a little while here. Um, Bergeron moves into fourth place in franchise history with 130 power play goals. Um, not to mention that, but he's he's almost at the top of the list in shorties and shorthanded points. 
Um, is there anything more to say about the, just the versatility and the career of this future Hall of Famer, Patrice Bergeron? The guy's unbelievable. Yeah, there's really not much you can add on to the accolades that this guy's earned throughout a, a Hall of Fame career. Um, you know, he just continues to be that important piece on and off the ice. Uh, he's our leader, you know, and, and just what can you, it's just a, a story. It's like a movie we're watching that just never ends with this guy. It's just his courageous efforts every night and, and just the way he is just, uh, he's just, he's a people person. He might, he might, you know, look like he's, um, you know, shy and, and, you know, doesn't talk much at all, but you know, his voice in the locker room on the ice on the bench is, is well heard. And, you know, anything, any accolades that this guy gets further is just, is just more, on the resume of just a stellar career in Boston and one that uh, has, he's played throughout his whole career and it, we're just so happy to have him. And, you know, I, I it's not going to be a very easy day when this guy calls it a career. I'm telling you this old man right here who doesn't shed tears much at all uh, might have one for that day, to be honest with you, because he just, he does just, he does so much um, for the community and this team and, and, just an amazing person and he just deserves it every every little bit he gets yeah and i I mean on and off the the goals in the the time on the ice is one thing um in that detroit game when they got down to nothing on the bench he brought the entire unit in on the bench at a tv timeout and every single player got up close looked in his eyes and listened to what he had to say. It wasn't guys floating around, looking up in section 15. Like they were all locked in and what he was saying. And, you know, uh, PK Subban interviewed Brad Marchand. I saw on, on Instagram and um, he asked him about the culture and, and how is it that when guys get traded here, they just automatically fit in. And without using names, Marchand talked about the leadership. He talked about the culture. He talked about the brand. He talked about, the expectations when you put on that Bruins sweater. And that all to me starts with Bergeron. I mean, you can go back to Chara, but um, Bergeron is the guy, he is the, the engine of this team on and off the ice and, you know, pucks and paddles. uh, Forgive me if I'm wrong. Every single player was at that event. Nobody else had any other obligations. Nobody else was like, I don't want to do, I really want, I want a day off or I'm, I'm going to take my wife down to the, you know, down to the shore it, no every single player was there and that I, I i just has to come from the captain it's got to come from leadership um if he demands you're there you're there and that goes for the the visits to the children's hospital at christmas time uh you know he's not sending everybody else there while he's you know you know on holiday in in, in the french alps nope he's there too uh front and center wearing a goofy costume handing out presents to the kids um so I think the accolades are going to just keep growing. Uh, and you're right. I'm going to be a, I'm going to be a sad puppy when that day comes. Um, I think he's absolutely a first ballot hall of famer. I think he'll 37 will never be worn by another Bruin. I think he'll be, he'll be the last one as it should be. Um, and then on the ice, I mean, he's, he's now in pretty elite company. You look at the other names uh, when it comes to the goals, the power play goals, the shorthanded points. I mean, he's up there with the greats. So um it's just, it's, it, yeah, I'm like you. 37 is just, he's the best. He's the absolute man. Um, 
Uh, I wanted to mention this, Mark, uh, and I'm going to try to get out here for this. Um, a- uh, April 1st, a place called Funky Murphy's Bar in Marlboro. Uh, oh, yeah. The Bruins play the Penguins at 3 p.m., and you are going to have a little bit of a watch party. Tell me about this, what you got going on there. Yeah, so um, I I work together with Mike Sullivan of the Something Bruin uh, Hockey Podcast. He does a great job with Nick Melanson. Um, and give those guys a follow at something at Bruin something. Um, we talked about this uh, about a get together, just just to get together and watch the games with a bunch of people. But what we did was we thought of an idea to get others involved, so listeners and viewers on YouTube can participate. Um, the event is is a watch party, as um, Steve mentioned. It's at Funky Murphy's Bar and Grill. It's at 31 Main Street in Marlboro, Massachusetts. It is the Boston versus Pittsburgh game. Um, the game is at three three o'clock. Uh, we're we're probably going to be there at like noon or one to do some pre gaming. Uh, but we'd love to have you join us. And if you can uh, join us, please um, uh, respond to our RSVP invite that is in the show notes uh, below. And uh, on the YouTube uh, notes, uh, we'd love to have you come join us. It's a great place, really good food, lots of great drinks. Um, and the more the more people we get, we want to give the uh, ownership an idea if they have to get more staff. So that's why we did an evite to to get a feeling of if there's a hundred people that are going to show up, we want to say, hey, there's a possibility from seventy five to hundred to show up if you need to plan accordingly with extra bartenders and and more wait staff they they're going to do that so uh they're going to liven the place up with b stuff all over the place so it's really going to be a, a fun time and, and hopefully you do show up steve i would like to i like to buy you a beer and um and i really want to hang out with with some amazing bruins fans out there that i normally don't get to see all the time uh i know nick busa from uh only bruins is going to be there mike sullivan's going to be there nick Melance is going to be there um uh i think bruins luchador might even make it I, I sent oh, him a, a, a tag, and uh, hopefully he can come. But we just want to have some beers and some food and, and watch a, a really good afternoon game. I'm staying in Marlboro from Friday night to Sunday, so got a hotel room and all set to go. No drinking and driving. And that's that's important, folks. If you do come and you participate in, um, in uh, adult beverages, partake, I mean, in adult beverages, please get an Uber, a cab, or a sober driver. Uh, we don't want anybody leaving there and, and you know hurting themselves or others, and that's really important to me. We want to get together and have fun, but we also want to do it again um, in the future. So please join us at Funky Murphy's in Marlboro, Massachusetts on April 1st at 2 p.m. We'd certainly love to see you. It's it's funny, Mark. That's my only concern is it's a long drive, and I don't want to – Yeah, temptation's a bitch. I mean, I hear you. Say I'm only going to have one and then even watch Luchador give it, buying me drinks and that, you know, <laughs> uh, but I'll, I'll come up with oh, a plan. Yeah. See if I can get, see if I can get out there. It is nice too. I know that you're coming. Uh, you're still coming to Springfield next week. Is that right? Uh, that next week, I'm not sure about that. Okay. I'm not sure about that. You got to see how I'm feeling first. Um, you know, I want to get this, this whole bronch bronchitis thing down to a, a minimum. I know I got some feedback uh, in my DMs like, hey, are you okay? The last podcast we did, I guess I was breathing kind of heavy. So they were just like, hey, are you going to make it, guy? You didn't sound very good. And I'm like, yeah, I just got the bronchitis. I'm good. 
<laughs> but yeah, um, if I feel better, I'm gonna I'm gonna head out there. But I also gotta I also gotta get in touch with the uh, Springfield PR to see if I can get credentials for that event. So yeah, um, you let you we'll let see what happens. You let me know what the name is. I'll I'll put in a word for you. And then we, right, go to, the then we go to MGM Springfield and uh, have, have a couple wobbly pops because that's a much easier <laughs> trip home. For yeah, me. there you go. There you, you know? go. So awesome. Well, uh, great events. And again, I, I it's we're very lucky to have this community. It really is a community. This Bruins, this uh, fandom, people that are in the media, on podcasts, just regular old fans like you and me. Um, it is cool to just to just see this sort of community all come together and, and do these fun things. I think it's a great idea. Uh, for the watch party, April 1st at Funky Murphy's. Um, so keep your eyes out for that. Um, a couple of real quick, uh, real quick hits here. Dmitry Orlov, fastest defenseman in team history to record 10 points. Uh, three goals, seven assists in just seven games. Uh, talk about fitting in. This guy is uh, fitting right in. Uh, with that same note, Bruins uh, defenseman Matt Grizzlick, could he be the full-time seventh rotating blue liner? Um, I feel like since the trade, he hasn't played as well as he has been. And that's what my eyeballs tell me, not the score sheet. And I wonder if if there's a little bit of that, if that thought's creeping into his head, if he's pressing a little bit because he knows that maybe his job will be on the line. And at the same time, he's still like top five in the league and plus minus. So, right. you know, what what are your thoughts on sort of the Grizzly situation and, and how this, def- this decor is is operating here down the stretch? Obviously, I like Matt Grizzlick and everything, and I think he's a good depth piece. But moving forward, unfortunately, I have him off of my my roster. You know, for the for like the playoffs, um, I think that you know he could be cycled in and so on. It's just the trade kind of forced him out for me, and this is just a personal thing. Um, you know, when I look at the roster on on the back end, I just don't see him being a fit there. And it's not I'm not trashing the player. I don't hate the player at all. I like him as a depth piece moving forward. Uh, obviously, if we didn't make the trade for Orloff and we didn't get any assets um, during the trade deadline, that he'd be a, a piece moving forward. But now that we have Orloff and 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 obviously he can he plays so well, moves laterally, he can play on the power play. I thought he was really good on the power play the other day. Um, you know, I just think that Matt is just going to be that seventh guy now and and rotate. I think that Cliff. I, I would really like to see. Uh, Orloff, McAvoy, Lindholm, Carlo, and Clifton Forbert. Uh, that's that, that's my lines going forward. I think that's what what has really gotten you successful this year. And I understand that the the underlying numbers of of Matt Grizzlick and, and um, Charlie McAvoy are still outstanding when they when they play together. But uh, I I can't go on expectations moving forward with 18 games to go and. And into into a seven game series with with uh, Grizzly, so uh, I could be definitely wrong about my thoughts and so on. And you know, hammer me on Twitter at Black and Gold two seven seven if you want to. But uh, I just I just don't see him being a regular. And like I said, it's not because I I don't I just like the player at all. It's just uh, the additions that came in um, on the back end kind of moved the needle to to have him uh, be that rotationary seventh man defenseman. Well, I mean, I think we can agree that if he was in, Clifton would be the odd man out, right? Right. So right. so I, I think, and because I, I agree with you, uh, and I think that Clifton and Forbert have been great together all season. I, there's something about the two of them that that 
that I think are just they're they're really clicking together. Um, I do think they have the beauty of the situation to where if they do play a team that is maybe a little less physical, but more offensively minded, and they're there's and you need offense, your power play is struggling, you know, you're having some offensive deficiencies, you can slide them in. Um, and 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 I don't see I, I agree with what you're saying, but I also don't want it to be set in stone to where that's it go up to the ninth floor and we'll renegotiate your contract in august right um i want to make sure that he's still an option there for you know you hit a scoring funk in the playoffs you can't get your power play straight you're playing against a team that's not very physical because the physical teams are where he has issues is when they're too physical you're playing a team that's not very physical you know you can slide him back in there and and sort of revamp a little bit of the offensive production that you need so um, I, I totally agree with you. I'm a Clifton guy, uh, but it is nice to still have that option if you need the offense. You know? Yeah. That's what that's, and that's what they did for it. I mean, the Bruins did this exactly for the depth and moving forward. It's just in, in an emergency, you have to be able to, to get these guys in. And obviously, you know, Grizzlick has playoff experience. He's been with the team for a long time. He knows what has to be done. But there's this times that every player goes through struggles. And it just seems like in the past week or maybe two weeks, we're really seeing more of Matt Grizzlick's struggles, um, you know, blown tires, you know, uh, turnovers and so on. It's just, it's tough. But like I said, not hating on the player. Well, sometimes it's bad luck too. He had a brutal broken stick yesterday in the, the, uh, yep. the, the Saturday game against Detroit too. So, you know, sometimes the, the, Luck just doesn't go your way either, but he's definitely a better option than Greg Zanin. So, um, ah, yeah. cha-ching. <laughs> and by the way, Zanin jar. I, I, you know, uh, isn't it nice to see a guy come in like Orloff, who's better than Thomas Caverlay? Boy, we wanted Thomas Caverlay so bad. We wanted him so bad, and his name is on the cup and all that. But holy, crap, you know what's funny is we. Go I was talking to my wife Courtney yesterday. <laughs> we were watching the Bruins game uh, against the Red Wings. <laughs> in the afternoon, the matinee, and uh, we were talking about the power play, and, and she brought up, she's like, isn't it crazy that that in 2011 the Bruins traded for Thomas Gavillet to be that power play specialist, and they go on to score one power play goal? Yeah, right. <laughs> and win the cup. And win, and the, win cup. the cup. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> so nice to know that the Thomas Gavillet days are over. Thank God. Oh, yeah. Um. <laughs> all right, so we'll, we'll sort of wrap up the show with this, and we mentioned it briefly earlier, but um, – you know, Saturday marked three years uh, since COVID hit, since COVID officially shut everything down. Um, it was obviously here before then, but that's when I think everyone started to say, we need to we need to really shut everything down. Um, I, I vividly remember the last Thunderbirds game we did that, that year. Uh, at that time, I was announcing for the T-Birds and the Bruins at the same time. Just got my big break to go to Boston to be the PA guy for the Bruins, and then bang, it all gets shut down. Um, what were some of your looking back on it, uh, you know, where, where the world took you on, uh, on March 11th of 2020? Yeah, it was, it was not a very good time. You know, obviously the world suffered greatly. A lot of people, you know, passed on from this and, and struggled with it and continue to do so. Um, I know I had it, um, at the beginning of the, of this year for the first time. I, I managed to stay away from it for a good two years, you know, and finally it snuck up on me. But um, 
I, I was in Providence the weekend before, and I, I was uh, going to be in Providence that that weekend or that week. And unfortunately, I uh, got the word that don't even bother coming down. We're, we're shutting everything down. The American Hockey League's done, and, and the NHL freaking did the same thing. It was just a real tough time, you know. Um, and I know that I'm self being selfish here when I say this, but, you know, it's sometimes those tough times needed hockey you know, to as, as something. I mean, everything was just down and you couldn't go anywhere. It was almost like, it was almost like the national guard was outside your door going up and down the streets, just telling everybody to stay inside, do not come out. I've seen this terrible thing in movies, but it was good that, you know, the leagues fought through what they could, you know, to get back on, on track and, and try to get some, some, money generated by you know not having the fans in the building but also playing on the ice um you know it was a slow process to get back and it continues to be a slow process to recover um the league has recovered uh financially and um you know obviously that's what drove the uh the rumor of the salary cap going up to possibly four million and so on was the those funds were paid back way ahead of time um but it was just a, a real tough time uh, for me personally. You know, it's just you had to go to work, you go home. That was it. You couldn't do anything. It was just boring. It was like so boring. And um, yeah, I, I hopefully that never happens again. I really hope so because I don't know if the a league like the American Hockey League will ever be able to survive again like that. I mean, the Thunderbirds didn't play at all. Like when they they came back. Yep. Uh, the AHL came back briefly and the, and the Thunderbirds all, I, I think there's seven different privately owned owners that, you know, they own their own businesses here and their businesses were getting hammered. You know, one guy uh, who owns the, the team has like seven Dunkin' Donuts and, and the Dunkins cr- crap the bed. Right. And they, they said, we financially can't do it without fans and they just didn't play. And, you know, I'm, I'm blessed that we had uh Saturday night, uh, Friday night and Saturday night this week were both sellouts at the Mass Mutual Center. Like we're we're back and they're they're still they still feel the heat from that year off and the you know the 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 people working in the front office have changed for reasons like that you know but um uh it, that was that was really tough and and I I I'm blessed looking back on it on the bubble um. Because I, I think we needed that. Like you said, we, we really needed that. And and you know, music and sports are my only two things. My favorite bands couldn't go on tour. And my favorite teams couldn't play. And musicians found a way to get con- new, fresh content out to people. Um, the sports world tried their best to do the same thing, even though it was in a bubble. Um, you know, and, and like you said, it was boring. I, I was sitting in this exact same spot every morning. I wake up, come down here, produce a live radio show from the basement. That was it. Go back upstairs. You know, um, there wasn't, I never got out of my sweatpants. You know, it was, it was a tough, it was a tough time. And, um, and, you know, I remember, I remember the last game before that was, was the Thunderbirds did a sensory friendly game where there wasn't loud noises and there wasn't the goal horn. And it was for kids that, you know, loud, they get scared by flashing lights and loud noises and all that stuff. And there ended up being like 160 something penalty minutes, uh, your boy Vinny Letary stuck his stick in Brady Keeper's face, and that started a line brawl. And it was like, here's the sensory awareness game. 
Uh, <laughs> it was just a chaos on the ice. Um, but that was Jesus. a Sunday afternoon game, and that was the last game we worked. And then um, the big thing for me, which is part of the reason why I'm not still in Boston, was uh, since then they have taken the PA announcers in the NHL off of the ice. Uh, we were always right in between the penalty boxes, best seat in the house, a sharing leg space with Alex Ovechkin. And now they moved us up to the ninth floor, and the NHL is so happy about it. They're so happy they don't have yeah. the PA announcers down. They don't ever want to bring the PA announcers back. And, you know, they want them sitting up in media row next to Connor Ryan and Ty Anderson, which with all the respect to those guys, they're very nice. That's not I, – I'm right next to the Nesson camera. I could watch that from home. You know, it, it's – I want to be down at ice level. It's like it's like flying first class for three months, and then they want the rest of your career. Yeah. You're flying coach. You're like, well, I want to be back first class, right? Like, you know, yeah, <laughs> uh, real first world problems. I understand that, but like, um, uh, you know, it's nice to be back in Springfield where I am, right on the ice level, and uh, the AHL is going to keep us there, which is good. So, um, but yeah, it was good. It was, a, it was a tough go, and you know, even still, like you mentioned, I since I got COVID, I still have heart rate issues. I can't. I saw the doctor and they're going to look into it and getting blood work done and all this stuff. But this effing COVID, um, yep. it, it's still, still doing weird stuff to people. So it sucks, but yeah, oh, yeah. three years ago, every March three eleven will always, that was when that stupid NBA player like touched all the microphones in the press conference. You remember that? Story? Oh yeah. Jesus. I like, do oh, remember you're that. Get sick. And then he tested positive yeah. and everyone else did that asshole yeah. ruined it for everybody. Um, <laughs> I just, I just can't get over. It. It's been three years already. It's just, I mean, as, as much as it sucks and, 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 and so boring, the time has flown by. And even, um, uh, so my, my, both, both my kids have strep throat right now. So this morning my wife woke up, went to, uh, you know, the urgent care cause she woke up, her throat didn't feel well. So she's like, well, let me just, it's Sunday. Let me go to get tested before I go into a school on Monday. And she's like, it was just crazy how that's now a part of triage. When you walk into these places, it's they, they scan your head, they take your temperature, they give you a nose swab to test for COVID. And, yep. you know, trying to get test kits, trying to get all that stuff back in the day was such a, a such a battle, you know, and it's, it's yep. weird. It feels like it was yesterday and yet it feels like it's been going on forever. You know, it's, um, it's weird. So it's crazy. Um, so on a, on a good news, uh, the lighter note, uh, 1.30 today. Uh, this is recording on Sunday, so we are uh, we're getting very close to puck drop time, Mark, uh, for the game in Detroit at 1.30. Again, not a not an ideal travel day. Both teams play yesterday in Boston. They lose an hour of sleep with daylight saving time, and then they go uh, to Detroit for 1.30. Uh, at Chicago, which should hopefully be a sleepwalk. Uh, hopefully they don't even have to open their eyes for that game. Uh, at Winnipeg. Tricky one, Thursday night at 8 o'clock. Another Saturday matinee. This is, oh, you better not be an ESPN Plus game. Oh, God. Fucking app. Uh, But they do, again, have back-to-back. Saturday, March 18th uh, at Minnesota at 2. And then Sunday, they fly all the way to Buffalo for a 1 o'clock game. So uh, they keep going through these stretches where they have four days off, five, six days off. And then they're playing back-to-backs. They're playing three games in four nights. Um, so the schedule's not really in their favor in terms of timing, but, uh, there's a lot to learn, I think on this trip between, uh, Detroit, Minnesota, Winnipeg, Buffalo, Ottawa playoff teams and teams that are a pain in the ass. So we'll, we'll, we'll see yep. how that all goes. 
absolutely and hopefully you know that we get all wins i'm i'm i want to see him win them all i i i just think this season's just been absolutely amazing and why not continue it so uh, please remember to, uh, we do have a listener hotline, 978-504-2727. You have something you want to talk about. Um, you uh, can call us anytime, day or night. Uh, we'd be happy to play back your voicemail on our show and answer any questions you have. And we do want to talk about our Patreon campaign as well, where we uh, got some great giveaways as well, Mark. Yes, uh, it is a new month. It is March. So, um we are give we have a Patreon account. Uh, please go to patreon.com slash black go hockey podcast, donate one dollar to our account, and you'll be eligible to receive hand signed items just wow. like this one. Terry O'Reilly. It is March, it's St. Patty's month. So why not get him get the Boston bruiser on your wall? Uh, um, signed, fully authenticated by um um JSA and Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia's um Bruce Sullivan. Uh, 2,095 penalty minutes written right there. Really nice signature. Thank you, Mr. Terry O'Reilly. And that could be yours just for a dollar. So a little explanation. I know I, I do this every week, but we take uh, half of your dollar to pay the bills here at the sports media company. And we also take the other half to buy these incredible uh, hand-signed items from Bruins alumni and current players. And uh, we do have uh, a Sean Thornton hand-signed jersey in the works and also an Adam McQuaid jersey in the works. So those are for future months here on the podcast. And we appreciate everybody who who has um, donated and continues to do so. Last month, uh, Fred Palmer won the uh, Rick Middleton hand-signed jersey. I'm going to get that out to him as soon as possible. And um, I'm all caught up on jersey deliveries, so it's about damn time. Um, yeah, so that's it. We, 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 awesome. we, we would really appreciate um, the uh, financial support. And, uh, and and we do, and that's uh, it's a great opportunity for for our listeners uh, to get some cool stuff. Again, as Mark says, get all the Patriots crap off your walls. They're not going to be good for a while, so start loaded up with black and gold. Um, and that's one more right. time, we do want to thank uh, our, our friends and our new sponsors at FanDuel. Uh, FanDuel.com, uh, everything you need for now that, that mobile uh, betting is live and ready to go in Massachusetts. Uh, Mark and I have both already already been betting. Little winning, little losing, but we are involved. Yep. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. And fanduel.com slash Boston is the way for you to sign up and join. Uh, you place a $5 bet, you get, uh, or $5 in bets, you get $200 uh, worth of bets as well. Um, and again, that, that has a little bit of um, uh, disclaimers and things to it. You can't just get the 200 and cash it out, right? That $200 is there uh, to be bet. Uh, but for all the the legal information there, it's all right on the website as well. But we're pleased and thrilled to ha- um, be a part of the FanDuel family and have uh, have this great uh, this great setup with that company. Absolutely, absolutely thrilled to be um, partnering up with FanDuel and moving forward. Um, I can't wait to keep using them using their mobile app. It's a lot of fun. I'm going to do it today, right before the Red Wings game. I'm going to jump right on there and hopefully uh, you know get some. Get some parlays. Step into the parlay cafe, and you, uh, uh, you, you and got anything in mind? I assume money. I assume they're going with Swayman, and I assume Detroit's going with uh, whoever their other goalie is. Uh, Ville Huso is that who it is? The former Springfield Thunder I, slash St. Louis possibly. Blue. I'm, not, I'm not sure. 
So I, sure. I made the mistake of taking the over. It was six and a half last game, but maybe I'll go with the over again because if uh, it's going to be Swayman <laughs> and Huso, both guys could easily – we could be looking – if it's three to three going into overtime, that's a win. So That's right. Um, that's right. So we'll, we'll keep our eye on that. But, uh, yeah, you guys have fun with that. Again, gamble safe. Gamble – stay within your means. Um, no sense in selling the, the family house uh, because you're taking the over under, right. And you're covering the spread. So, um, you know, gamble smart, gamble respectively um, and uh, enjoy it. Fanduel.com slash Boston. All right, Mark. Well, Hey, this was a blast, my man. This is a, this is an energy packed hour. We got a lot of, a lot of stuff in here. And uh, this was a lot of fun. Absolutely. Energy packed. I don't know where you get your energy from. I'm hung over as <laughs> a little hungover. So yeah, this was a tough one for me today. Nah, but we, we battled we through. Yeah. We always battle through. And yeah. uh we got we got it done. So thanks everybody for uh tuning in. Really appreciate up, it. is that an upper body injury for you? Yeah, I would up, think so. Upper body yeah. injury. No need for long term yes. IR, yeah. I hope. Okay, cool. Exactly. <laughs> um thanks everybody for listening. Thanks for making us a part of your day. We'll do it again uh, next week. And until then, uh, happy Bruins, everybody. Go bees. Thanks again for tuning in and supporting this week's episode of the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please give the show a five-star rating and write a review on listening platforms such as Apple Podcasts and Spotify Podcasts. If you'd like to contact the show for advertising opportunities or to send us a question or topic idea we should be discussing, please send us an email to LLC at gmail.com. Don't forget to share our program on your social media platforms with other hockey fans and follow our Twitter accounts at Black and Gold Pod, at BNG Productions, at Black and Gold 277, and at Kevin underscore O'Keefe 89. Also, please don't forget to check out our official blackandgoldhockey.com website where we cover the Bruins organization from the NHL level down to the prospects worldwide. Peace out. Mm-hmm.